Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Today's episode is brought to you by cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. What's up? What's up, everyone? Welcome into another edition of the Finsider Radio, and this is the one and only Jake and Josh show. My name is Jake. I'm joined by Josh, and before we get Josh rolling and rocking in here, be sure to hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's iTunes, whether it's Spotify. Please, 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 it helps us so much when you subscribe. Give us that review. Hopefully, it's five stars, and get involved. Engage with us. We love to chat with everyone, and that's kind of what makes football what it is. It's the community that goes with it. Be sure to follow me on Twitter. I am jmendel94, Houts, simple, H-O-U-T-Z, and if you're already not following him, uh, you're missing out on some great Dolphins content. So, Josh, I'm going to start you out with this one right here real quick. Um, happy birthday, Vince Beagle. Happy birthday, Vince Beagle. <laughs> How you doing uh, today, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I, I guess I didn't realize it was Vince Beagle's birthday, but, I mean, he is one of those uh, under-the-radar players that really isn't talked about a lot. And, I mean, the guy is a he's a weapon on defense, so I'm excited to see what he can do this year. But I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm going to cover a baseball game later. Uh, you know, the the masks have really been working up here in Massachusetts. We're into what um, we're calling phase three of our reopening plan. And, and while all sports can't be played, uh, they did, are allowing the Red Sox to play at Fenway Park. You know, they're, you know, having baseball. You can go work out at the park, things like that. So it's an exciting time. It's finally to see some things, you know, kind of starting to feel normal. Yeah, I know we're going to talk about it, but tomorrow, or I guess I guess this podcast will probably drop Thursday morning, 
uh, rookies will be set to report to Davey. You know, the Dolphin rookies are reporting, so it's exciting times. I don't know how things are going to, you know, ultimately unfold, but it appears things are moving along, and if people continue to do the social distancing and the wearing of the mask, I think I think good things will come of this. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're, we're kind of jumping out of order here, but, but let's chat about this for a minute because it, it kind of seems that way in the sense of, Things are headed in the right direction, you know, where there are rookies reporting. And it was a little concerning at first where, you know, there was nothing coming out. We saw the hashtag we want to play where all the players are like, hey, like, you know, we're, we're you know ready to play. We're ready to go. We just haven't, you know, been given any guidelines. And it seems like the NFL is willing to do whatever the NFLPA, the Players Association, is open to doing. You know, first it was two preseason games. And then before we knew it, it was one and none. And, you know. The NFL, it seems like they're they're saying, okay, sure, whatever, we'll do uh, whatever you need there. The the testing, it seems like they'll be doing it every day for a while until uh, you know the numbers kind of plateau a little bit. Then it might go to every other day or something like that. I know there were some concerns about getting the testing, but with you know the multi billion dollar company the NFL is, I don't see that really being a problem. And I think the big thing here is you know you some people you know just kind of side with owners in some scenarios, whether it's, you know, a player trying to get all the money they can before they leave the NFL or, or just different rules. And this kind of highlights that, you know, that the players actually have a lot more power that, than we like to admit. And, and this is kind of why you should root for the players because, you know, you kind of see them, you know, saying these, these different things, you know, in order to make it safe working conditions and yada, yada. And, you know, the NFL is just kind of backing off and basically it seems like doing whatever they say, which is kind of crazy, but that just kind of tells you how much money they're willing to lose. And they're not even trying to play hardball. Yeah. And it's just crazy. And it's going to be one of the, craziest things i mean with all sports it's going to be interesting to see the way these things play out because you know it's a crazy situation we're in uh you know you, you can't even fathom how you know everybody's dealing with what's going on in the world and now you know they're going out there we don't even understand how this is going to implicate you know next year's salary cap so for them to go out there and uh, to agree, agree to terms there's going to be zero preseason games i mean i'm a little worried to see how these rosters unfold i mean some of these players aren't even going to have an opportunity to showcase what they can do to stick around, I mean, when you look at the Dolphins roster, I mean, what if they have seen a Preston Williams, you know, in in a in 2020, if things were the way they are, probably not. You know, they might never have seen what he could do, and he might not make the roster. So who knows what player could end up on the Dolphins practice squad or, you know, on another team. So uh, it's a crazy world that we're living in, and to see the way the NFL is adapting, it'll be interesting. But, you know, as, as this is going to affect the roster, it's also going to affect those players that are going out there each and every day because – I mean, without preseason, they're not getting those reps and, you know, injuries are going to happen and it's going to be crazy to watch the way the season unfolds. And, and that goes for all the sports, but it looks like baby steps, you know, we're, we're getting through there and, and rookies report tomorrow and, uh, you know, they're all under contract now. And I know we're going to get into that. So why don't we talk about that next? I actually kind of want to, you, you think that uh, someone like Preston Williams wouldn't have been, you know, seen without those preseason games because, you know, I kind of had the feel him and even Sam Aguave and I felt the same way where, where it was kind of said in camp, you know, we expect this guy to be a player. Even, you know, uh, Preston Williams might not even be the best guy for us to kind of have this conversation. When you think about there's only going to be 80 players in camp and there's no preseason games uh, because I think Preston Williams, you know, it wasn't ever his talent why he went undrafted. You know, I think the Dolphins knew right away this is a player where we want to bring in we want to see what he can do but you know 
it's kind of an interesting point because I'm not necessarily sure I, I agree with you in the sense of the preseason games are, are make and breaks from these players. Uh, I think we kind of miss out on a lot by not being, you know, at the practices or getting updates from coaches every day. You know, I'd love to hear what coaches think about, you know, players throughout camp. Uh, but but obviously that's that's only for the flies on the wall. But it just kind of seems like the the main thing that's missing because of the preseason games are these players who who might not you know make it uh, to the practice squad or the, or the you know the fifty three man roster whatever it may be. Uh, they just wanted that tape that they can bring to the CFL or, or wherever it may be to trap for another team next camp or uh, something like that. That kind of seems like to me at least, and, and I could be wrong. That seems like the big concern not necessarily I, I think the Dolphins I think the most teams are kind of kind of do a good job of of really still kind of getting a feel of what guys belong in the NFL what guys don't and things like that yeah and I think Preston Williams was definitely the extreme with that I mean I was just kind of making that point that you know there's an undrafted free agent here mm -hmm. you know the, all those guys the Dolphins went after after things were all said and done I mean some of those guys aren't going to make the cut and it's going to be interesting to wait interesting to see the way things adapt because you know the practice squad's probably going to have a few more spots and some of these guys you know twofold they, they might normally be cut and now they might get stuck on the practice squad For sure. with an opportunity to make something something uh, come out of the most of it when you know things when some of these guys go down with injuries or, or other things so opportunity is going to come and next man up and it's always been that mentality in the NFL. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it um, as of today, which is Wednesday. You mentioned the show is probably gonna drop on Thursday. Uh, Big Bob Hunt just signed our, our first of two second round picks, and that means the Dolphins have officially signed every single one of their rookies. And you know, I have the list here, uh, starting at Tua, going all the way down to Malcolm Perry. I'd love to hear from you um, because, like, it, it's great to see. You know, I'd love to sit here and say Brandon Jones, uh, 70th pick overall from Texas. You kind of want those, you know. Picks inside the top 70. That's kind of the the cream of the crop, if you will. Um, I, I'd love to get your take of one guy who you think might exceed expectations and one guy that might dip below this season. Because, you know, as much as I'd love to say that, you know, Raekwon Davis is going to come in and be a stud and, and Jason Strawbridge and, and Curtis Weaver are going to combine for eight sacks as rookies. I'd love to say all this stuff, but that's just not how the NFL works. You know, some players just, it just doesn't work out for them. So I, I'd love to get a thought or two from you because there are going to be surprises. There are you know, every single year in terms of rookies that impress, undrafted guys that impress, we hear a lot of, and they stick around. And also, guys, you know, it just, just doesn't always work out. There's the long string of first and second round picks for the Miami Dolphins, where there were struggles upon struggles, whether it's Jonathan Martin, Deion Jordan, Jamar Taylor, Will Davis, a third rounder, all these different guys that we really thought would help revamp a defense, revamp the team in general, really didn't work out despite being high guys, despite being guys that, you know, everybody kind of loved being drafted. This is a group that everyone is kind of, I don't want to say complaining, but a little whiny. It seems like, you know, everyone, oh, they kind of made too many reaches instead of safe picks. And I think it's important to say that that there are no safe picks in the NFL draft. There is no such thing. So if the Dolphins kind of reach for guys that might have gone a little later, knowing they're a, a stable player who is going to be on the team for three, four years, that, that is a great thing to see. So again, I asked it two times and started ranting, but I'm sorry, Joshua. So, so let me hear, let me hear a couple guys, you know, maybe one, one good, one bad you might see from the Dolphins this season. Okay. And for me, I mean, it all comes back to just trusting Chris Greer and Brian Flores to go out there and make the right decisions. I mean, they got us to a tongue of Iloa. So you go down these list of draft picks. I mean, some of them weren't the guys that maybe we liked, but I'm going to defer to those guys in charge because as, after one, one year, I mean, I feel pretty damn good about what they're doing. Uh, I guess for me, the one that I'm kind of going to think will might, uh, you know, 
dip below expectations might be Austin Jackson. I mean, this is a guy who I do believe is going to be a starter in the NFL, but I think, you know, everybody talks about his raw potential and how he has to get, you know, build into that frame, you know, become more of an NFL type offensive tackle. So we'll see how he transitions. But for me, I don't think he's going to be quite, you know, what he ultimately will become this year. And I think he's what, 2021. So, I mean, the sky's the limit for this guy. And it goes with all these draft picks, you know, they're, they're these guys that they brought in who, the, the floor, it might be a little bit riskier, but that ceiling is all that much sweeter. So for me, I think Austin Jackson uh, will be the guy that, you know, dips below my expectations. And then I'm going to go with Curtis Weaver as a guy that exceeds expectations. I mean, he was a guy that pro football focused, however you feel about them. I think they had him as a top 30 prospect, you know, overall, mm-hmm. and he fell to the fifth round. I mean, this is a guy that uh, he could play inside, he can play outside, he can drop in coverage, he can do a little bit of everything, and he kind of goes out there and he has his grit to him. And I'm excited. I mean, he signed his contract wearing a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. So, I mean, that's the guy that I would bet money on is going to go out there and exceed expectations and, you know, get some of those sacks because, like we mentioned, podcast after podcast, you know, with that revamped secondary, some of these guys, Curtis Weaver, you know, Strobridge, mm-hmm. some of these – Raquan Davis, some of these guys might make plays that, you know, otherwise won't be there because they're going to shut down the the wide receivers and those guys up front are going to feast. So I'm going to go with Curtis Weaver to exceed expectations. And I think, uh, you know, Austin Jackson, he's going to be the guy that kind of dips below. What about I you? Really, I really like that Curtis Weaver pick because, I mean, whether you look at the statistics, the tape, whatever it may be, the pro football focus, there's a lot to like about him. And, and you wonder why he dipped to the fifth round. And I think that's a great pick. And when you kind of – I am looking at two guys for going below expectations. I, th- I think Jackson, I, I would have gone with him as well. However, I'm not expecting too much for the exact reasons you said. Uh, he's raw. He's going to need a little bit of time. You're stepping into being a left tackle. There's a lot of young guys on this offensive line who are going to need to learn how to not only play, but play together. And I think that's going to be important. That's why I kind of want to, between Solomon Kinley and Robert Hunt, I think one of those guys, whoever is going to be the starter, I think might be a little disappointing at first. Um, You you see two big guys who, you know, we really can hope come in and really solidify uh, the offensive line. I just am going to go with kind of the same reasoning you have in terms of Austin Jackson, where it's going to take a little while for these guys to come in. We're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick running around in the backfield like his hair is on fire yet again this year but you know the, the hope is for the development and you know with a guard I kind of want that develop I, you know let me let me chop that because I think we all want them to come in and play well but you know guards one of those positions you kind of want them to come in and just most likely play clean you know the the no false starts no holding and I'm a little bit concerned we might see some of that especially with the preseason games you really get that timing down yes it's you know they're still going to be out there taking snaps they I think most teams even uh in training camp have refs that whether it's college rest, whether it's high school rest, just being there just to, you know, hey, you were holding on this play. Hey, there's a false start here. And I just wonder what, without the live action, just getting into that little bit of rhythm, how much that's going to really impact them. Uh, another guy who I'm a little bit more excited for is, is safety Brandon Jones. And I think there was something that came out uh, yesterday about Bobby McCain. You know, he's lifting more. He's putting on a little bit more weight. And, you know, I'm always a little concerned because I forgot who it was, but there was a running back who just came out. I think it was uh, Ronald Jones who came out and said, um, you know, he put on weight. He's ready for a bigger workload, uh, yada, yada, yada. And a lot of people kind of met that with you really don't see a lot of good things when people start to put on that weight or put on that weight, put on that muscle. Uh, it isn't what got them to where they are. They're trying to do things a little different. So I think Brandon Jones is going to have an opportunity to come in and really just have an impact early on. Just kind of like I mentioned uh, a few podcasts ago with uh, 
Noah Igbenogany, uh, where he's going to have the opportunities with that secondary being as good as it possibly can uh, to make some plays where, you know, maybe they get quote unquote picked on, but hopefully the, the talent, the skill is there with those, you know, top 70 picks where they can take advantage of being, you know, picked on quote unquote for being a rookie and, and really play above their level. The chances are going to be there for both of them, but, but I'm really excited to see what Brandon Jones can do. He's going to have to beat out Bobby McCain. Hell, he might even have to beat out Eric Rowe for snaps, but, but this is a guy I I think who can really, really have some opportunity, especially in stopping the run. The Dolphins have very much struggled in stopping the run lately, and this is a guy who I think can come in and be like a guy I want to talk about in just a minute, and that's Rashad Jones. I think this guy could be some sort of a Rashad Jones 2.0 just with that physical play style, that hard-hitting uh, mentality that, that we've loved over for Jones for the last 10 years. I agree with you, and I want to touch on something that Matthew Kanata brought up, and I know we weren't even you know, expecting to talk about this, but he said Shannon Crowder earlier today said that he thinks the Dolphins should keep Tua on the bench for the entire season. So, uh, you know, we weren't going to talk about Tua, but we're sitting here talking about rookies, and I just couldn't help myself. So what what are your thoughts about that? Do you think they would be in their best interest to, you know, sit Tua the entire year? Because, you know, I, I have my own little soapbox out going them, but uh, how, how do you feel about that? Absolutely not. I don't think, I, I feel like we're just trying to overcomplicate things. I think no matter what, if, if Fitzpatrick's struggling come week five, whether it's the national media, whether it's the fans, whether it's your next-door neighbor, they're going to be wanting Tua to come out and play, and there's no reason he shouldn't. You kind of saw what happened in Denver with Drew Locke last year. He played six games, but but that kind of gave uh, not only the fan base hope, but, but the front office an idea of what they had in him, and they really loaded up on weapons for him this season uh, in, in the draft, excuse me. So I think there, we really can't go a season without watching Tua play. He's got to get the snaps. He's got to play. You don't draft someone in the first round of the fifth pick overall to not play football, right? Uh, I think we're starting to overthink it a little bit, whether if that's just because, uh, you know, we haven't had sports to talk about or, or we're trying to talk too much about these sports. I don't think you can sit two of the whole season. I just don't think that's the right idea. Obviously, you could look at Patrick Mahomes as, uh, you know, the, they used Alex Smith for the entire um, his entire rookie season, and that's great, and it can work, and you can have – Great uh, examples on both sides, but I, I don't see a world where, you know, if Fitzpatrick struggles a little bit, Tua is not the guy to come in and show what what he can do. Yeah, and I think we're at the stage where we realize now that, you know, this is just a different season 2020, and it's going to be that way. So rookies aren't going to come in and make that type of impact, but, I mean, how much room are the Dolphins going to have and allow the offensive line to grow and some of these players to – to come in and make an impact because as we saw last year, you know, there were musical chairs on the offensive line until there was a little bit of stability towards the end of the season. And, you know, it wasn't great. So how much time is it going to take for that offensive line to mesh together in that live game action? And how long is it going to be for Fitzpatrick to struggle behind it before they do hand the keys over to Tua? Because as you mentioned in other podcasts, once you turn, once you hand Tua Tango Valo those keys, you know, this is his, it's his palace, you know, it's his kingdom. And, and he's the guy here for, what we hope is many years. So I don't think there's any way in hell to a Tungvalu does not play a game this year, unless you know for some reason, knock on wood, the season's canceled or for whatever reason. But I think he's going to get out there, and it's going to be sooner than we expect. And I think he's going to go out there, and he's going to have success. And you know, we're all just going to sit back, relax, and enjoy because it it's going to be a sight to see. And you know, I don't want I don't want this to kind of come out the wrong way, but like in the sense of we want to wait to play them until the offensive line is figured out. In the grand scheme of things, it'd be fantastic if the Dolphins could come out and you know play 
clean football, you know, allowing minimal sacks, yada, yada, yada. But that's yeah. just not how the NFL works. And it's not how the Dolphins g- work either. You know, it's been 10 years since we've had a suitable offensive exactly. line. So we'll, we'll be waiting forever. <laughs> exactly. And so to use that as an excuse to not play Tua is kind of lame in the sense of once, you know, you start playing Tua, he becomes the guy and all of a sudden the clock's ticking on that rookie contract, right? You have to wonder if this is the guy we can invest in long term. And, you know, let's just say, for instance, five, six thousand, years down the road the Dolphins give to a you know the mega contract whatever it may be and all of a sudden you can't afford to you know keep the offensive line top tier you know with all these first and second round draft picks being there you can't pay to have the top tier tight ends and wide receivers and running backs all of a sudden you need to put more weight on his shoulders and yes it's one thing to throw him into the fire as a rookie but we need to see what he can do uh with everything around him we want to see this ability he has and he had in college to make uh, a chicken uh you know the word, into chicken salad. So we we really need to see what, what's going to happen. He's not always going to have a perfect offensive line. Injuries are going to happen. He's not always going to be in the perfect scenario. And that's the point of having a franchise quarterback is that they can deal in any sort of scenario because that's what we dealt with Ryan Tannehill for eight years. We dealt with, you know, if he has this, if he has that, and if we could rewrite history and give him the offensive line, we might have seen him do what he did with the Titans last year. But that's not the argument we can have anymore. Tannehill isn't a, you know, uh, a guy who's going to, carry a football team we saw you know he needed the offensive line he needed derrick henry so we need to see that two is the guy that we're not just messing around with that he can legitimately be the quarterback and i think that starts in his rookie season whether it's two games plays whether it's five whether it's eight i think we're gonna see him on the field yep couldn't say it better myself perfect transition and with that too, I do want to talk about a. a I mentioned Brandon Jones. I want to, uh, you know, transition switch lanes here to Rashad Jones, who Joe Shad. If if you don't follow him on the Palm Beach Post, you're you're doing an injustice to yourself. Uh, Rashad Jones uh, spoke with him, and and basically, long story short. Uh, he doesn't think he's playing football this year, and he's not entirely sure he's going to play football ever again. He needs a neck surgery that's been held off because of the pandemic. Uh, Shad called him instinctive, aggressive, emotional, and a playmaker. Travis Wingfield of the Miami Dolphins uh, added, simply, he's a missile. And this is something I think we've talked about. If it was on this podcast, it was on uh, In the Hunt back in the day. Um, God, I think Rashad Jones is someone... That last, that last year with Adam Gase, I mean, the amount of disrespect this man got was un, completely uncalled for. And you can mind, maybe say that it, it tarnished his Dolphins legacy, even though I will be the last one to say that because I'll agree he was right the whole time. So I'm just going to go through some things here from the story. Uh I think I had an amazing run, Jones said, uh, when talking with Shad. I had a great career, really. I think it, I had Hall of Fame numbers. You go look at me, Palomalu, Dawkins. He played 16 years. I really had Hall of Fame numbers, just was on a Hall of Fame team. We couldn't put the games together, but I had an amazing career. He's like The thing is, too, I think some people are going to read that and say, you know, he's cockier as an ego. He should. This is one of the best players in Miami Dolphin history. I compared Cam Wake uh, and Rashad Jones to the... You know, 10 years, 20 years ago, it was that generation's Zach Thomas and Jason Taylor. I mean, these teams were bad, 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 bad over the last 10, 15, 20 years. And Rashad Jones, Cameron Wake, these are the guys who gave us something to talk about. He was so excited to watch. Some statistics here. Only Zach Thomas had more solo tackles for the Dolphins uh, since the stat was recorded in 1994. Only Jason Taylor has scored more defensive touchdowns in Miami history. And much like Zach Thomas, Jason Taylor, er, 
Rashad Jones, excuse me, loved to do that front flip, that flip into the end zone on a pick six. Uh, he was a Pro Bowl in 2015 and 2017. Clearly one of the best players in uh, Miami Dolphins history. I don't get how we didn't side with him during all that case drama. I don't get it. Josh, let's talk about it. Yeah, I really don't know why we didn't side with him. And I think I agree with you and a lot of these younger fans. I mean, Rashad Jones, Cameron, Cameron, like those are the type of the guys that they associate with the Miami Dolphins. And it, it is, it's, it sucks what happened. And just like with Cam Wake, you know, he wasted his, his prime with a bad Miami Dolphins mm-hmm. team. Rashad Jones wasted his career with a bad Miami Dolphins team. And, you know, you mentioned Jason Taylor, Zach Thomas. I mean, it goes back to, Dan Marino, you know, they just never won the game. They just, you know, they wasted all these great, talented players. So, uh, you know, Rashad Jones, the big thing going on right now, and I want to get your take on this, is everyone thinks he should should he or should he not be part of the ring of uh, of honor. And I went on and tried to look at some of the names on that list. And other guys that are not on that list is also Ricky Williams. I have Rashad Jones listed and then Cameron Wake. So if you can only put one of those guys in the ring of honor, which one would you pick? Between uh, Williams, Williams Wade, Jones, and, and Wade. Jones. Woo! Yeah. That is a that is a tough one. I, I I'm think sorry. It, I'm sorry. This isn't something that we, like, had discussed. So, like, you but that's a good question. If you had to pick one, because I think that's really how, how the, the Hall of Fame and these things should go, where where there are going to be great players left out. And, and you know, but, but, you know, Ricky, okay. These are three incredible, fantastic players who you can't tell the history of the Miami Dolphins without. But, you know, you Ricky, he quote-unquote quit on football. Whatever, I, I completely support him through everything. But for the sake of this argument, that, you know, is, is the quote-unquote negative. I mean, Wake, I think, has to be the one there. I mean, Sachs is just such an appealing spot. But, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Rashad Jones homer. And, you know, he was the one who told us that Adam Gase wasn't the guy. Uh, something I've always ranted about is we, we can't tell a coach after his first season. I know everyone loved Adam Gase after that, uh, you know, 2016 season. Uh, made the playoffs, won all these close games. But even though the advanced analytics kind of said this team was a bunch of frauds, we trusted him in the 2017 and everything, you know, just started to fall apart. Excuse me. And Jones was the guy to, you know, Everyone said he quit on the team, but in reality, that was the only way by, you know, taking himself out of a game was the only way he could get anybody to listen to the fact, you know, Gase wasn't talking with the defense. There were all these internal issues with the team. That was all started because of Rashad Jones. And, and you know, take that for what it is. He's too emotional. He cared about himself. That That isn't it. I think, but to bring it back, I think it's got to be Kim Wake just because I think he is the more fan favorite. But I think Rashad Jones is is a a cult hero in a sense, because I mean, the, I think it was back to back games with the pick sixes. The, when, when Dan Campbell took over in what was that 2014 and it was the Houston Texans game. Uh, I was at that game, which was absolutely incredible. And, and wasn't there a game right before, right after that, where they blew out a team. I'm sorry. I should have like looked this up. Uh, but, but I think he had pick sixes in both or, or something along those lines. Uh, I, I would go Rashad Jones just because, I, you know, love his story, and, you know, we can talk about, you know, Cam Wake and, and the flip-flops, but Wake's always been loved. He's always been that guy. I just am trying to give Jones a lot of credit he didn't ever get as a member of the Miami Dolphins. He mentioned it, uh, you know, not being on the NFL All-Decade team, being a guy who never complained in terms of, you know, the team being bad. He just went out there and played and balled really hard. 
Yeah, man, and I, I kind of didn't really want to rate on this whole Rashad Jones thing because, I mean, this is all about how good he was with the Miami Dolphins and just how good of a career he had and just how, you know, underappreciated he really is. But for me, the answer is clearly Ricky Williams, you know, what he did for this team, and he's kind of what I remember, I guess, most fondly besides those Dan Marino days were Ricky Williams, you know, just running the rock over and over and over again in the early 2000s. So, while you can make a case for any of these guys, I think without Ricky Williams being on there, you know, I wouldn't put a Rashad Jones or a Cameron Wake. But just to get back into it, Rashad Jones was right. Everything he said about Adam Gase was 100% correct, and we should have listened to him. Um, it just it, sucks the way that his career ended, but, you know, we just got to remember the good times. And in the last decade, you know, Rashad Jones has been a Hall of Fame player for the Miami Dolphins, let's be honest. The the game for everyone who was shout at me it was the Titans. The Dolphins won thirty eight to ten, uh, and the year was twenty fifteen. Excuse me. Uh, the, those couple years because there's only a few big wins uh, throughout them. Uh, they kind of get a little jumbled together. Yeah, no, I I think all three of these guys deserve in the deserve to be in the Ring of Honor for a team. And you know I get why they do it for a team that loves to live in the past so much. I mean we gotta celebrate these guys. I mean these are the only reasons you know you're buying jerseys. Players or you know fans are buying jerseys. A Cam Wake or Rashad Jones or Ricky Williams. All three of those guys really belong in the Ring of Honor because they're such a big part of the Miami Dolphin history. This is advertiser content brought to you by Frito Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight. We'll break down. We break down who will be cutting. Cut. What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And that's kind of the key here. And, you know, again, I'll mention it. I think it's a little bit of a disservice of um, how his career was kind of overlooked for being on a bad team. And um, I was on the Fin Addicts uh, podcast last night, and I go check them out. Brian and the crew are, are, are great, great guys. And we were talking about the Zach Thomas uh, not being in the Hall of Fame thing. And, and I kind of wanted to kind of compare uh, Thomas and Jones in a little bit of a sense. Because uh, they're both those feel-good heroes for the Dolphins, former fifth-round picks, both of them that really just came in and just worked their asses off. They really just kind of showed up and just started balling out. Um, and, and their kind of argument to why Zach Thomas isn't in the Hall of Fame, again, we all agree he should be in the Hall of Fame, but what could be going against him? You know, you kind of say that, you know, Zach Thomas kind of just showed up to work every day. He didn't really have that, you know, magic in terms of, um, you know, that's that Sunday night playoff performance, that Monday night football showing where, where all the reporters could only rave about how he just 
put on a show. And he did that all the time at 1 p.m. on Sundays. And there's nothing wrong with that. He belongs in the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying these are the things that can kind of work against you is how all these reporters kind of remember you, seeing you on the big stage. Um, and that's why, you know, that's the difference. You know, Erlacher, we saw him in Super Bowls. Uh, Ray Lewis, we saw him in Super Bowls. We saw these guys on different commercials and everything like that. And these things really shouldn't impact your, uh, you know, opportunity to get into the hall of fame but it does it's just how it works all these people you know remember the stories of all these different guys and that's how they kind of remember these players from those you know nighttime games uh but to kind of reel it back in here i think jones was a very emotional player and i don't think anyone will say that and i think just like Zach not saying anything might have quote unquote hurt him i think jones saying too much hurt him even though i don't think it should have uh and, and it's just kind of, again, weird that everyone bad-mouthed him. Uh, Jones, if he does retire after playing only four games last season, he, he really just deserves a hero send-off. I think we need to give, you know, these guys, the retired... I, we see Jason Taylor all the time. Why isn't Zach Thomas honored all the time? Rashad Jones should be honored all the time. Ricky Williams should be honored all the time. For a team, and I'm going to say it again, a team that loves living in the past on social media... These guys need to be more involved with the franchise outside of Jason Taylor and Dan Marino. Because I feel like those are the only two we see. Which, again, yes, they should most certainly those two be involved with the team. But these other guys are just as important to what this team has been, at least in the last 20 years. Yeah, and that's what it all goes back to. The last 20 years, the Dolphins haven't been very good. And, and that's why these guys are never going to get the true send-off that they deserve and. Just like you said with Zach Thomas, you know, he didn't go out there and, and make those splashy plays in those games that had any meaning because he was on, you know, just another Miami Dolphins team. So Rashad Jones, I, I hope, you know, I, I hope you're content with the way things, you know, you're going out. But just know that, you know, Dolphin fans appreciate everything that you did for them for so many years. And, you know, you were truly an elite safety. And, you know, if the Dolphins can find another one of you in, you know, Brandon Jones or if Eric Rowe becomes, you know, he's kind of a different mold of a safety, but you know, you were a hell of a player, Rashad Jones. So, so thank you for everything that you did. And, and finally here, we can start to wrap it up. Uh, Devonte Parker is releasing a cartoon series and as you know, in things we most certainly could have seen coming is, you know, a guy who loves SpongeBob gets a $40 million contract starting a, a cartoon. Um, I'm not the target audience for it. I think it's kind of set for kids and uh, Jake's a kid, whatever. Uh, but, but it seems fun. Uh, we know, like I said, after, you know, knowing he loves SpongeBob, we kind of saw this coming, um, in the preview, he kind of talked about the importance of eating right, sleeping right and working right. Um, it seems like he truly has a change mentality and it's called uncle Vante. I kind of love the whole uncle Devante thing going from the rookie. We kind of see some grow into a veteran, the uncle on the team. And that's just kind of cool to see. I hope the show goes, goes well. Uh, but outside of that little preview, I, I haven't watched too much about it or seen read whatever you want to say too much about it. Yeah. It's just pretty neat the way everything, you know, all these players and the different hobbies, I guess they have that are kind of coming out during this whole, pandemic it's i mean it's it sucks everything that's happening but like kyle van noy you know he got into esports and mm -hmm. and they got Devonte parker making his own cartoon i mean it looks like a fun idea and, and you just wonder if him saying about eating right and all that stuff is is him kind of taking a jab at himself because he knows you know that's kind of what held him back those early years so it, it'll be interesting to see you know how many episodes and and how often they release these things but it seems like an interesting concept, and, you know, he's our wide receiver, so uh, we'll support him in whatever he does. 
Yeah, and, and that's that's kind of a good point in terms of the jab because it is it's his nephew saying, you know, let's stay up all night eating ice cream and playing video games. And he's like, you know, I got to work. I got to do all this stuff. And and it's just so cool to kind of see that growth. And we saw it pay off last year, obviously. And, and two, that's going to be an interesting thing is if he could repeat that. I don't think – I think – I kind of want to talk about this again for a minute. I know we talk about all the receivers a lot. But, man, the more I think about it, it's so hard – to see Parker having another year like last year, and, and that has nothing to do with him. You know, I just think there's going to be so many pieces around. A lot. Preston Williams is starting to get all that hype again, and, and to kind of close this section, for, for me at least, I mean, I just hope Preston Williams isn't force-fed as much as he was at the early part of last season because it, the Dolphins have a boatload of weapons. Jacecki started playing so much better when uh, Williams wasn't getting the ball, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten times a game. And and same with Devontae Parker. I think in order to have a well-rounded system, the Dolphins need to focus on on getting everybody involved. And, and as a result, you know, Williams isn't going to see as many targets. Parker isn't going to get as many YOLO balls. And that's going to be kind of interesting to just see how the distribution works for these guys. Yeah, and this is all kind of the stuff that you find out with training camp and preseason and all those things that we're going to miss this year. You know, I'm not even sure if reporters are allowed to, you know, tweet mm-hmm. or report some of the things that are ha- going to happen at camp this year. So, uh, you know, we're going to go into the season blind, and it's going to be interesting to see the way things play out, like you said, because, you know, if they get the running game together, those are also targets that they're going to take away from some of those those other guys on the outside. I mean, if that offensive line can solidify and those running backs that the Dolphins brought in, Howard and Breida, and, you know, that they can make the most of their touches, this team could start to for- look a lot different than last year's team. And, with a good running game, you know, that's when the success comes. So uh, I'm going to love to see the way everything plays out. But, you know, again, it's it's just one of those things where uh, there, there's a lot of mouths to feed and no one knows how it's truly going to look. Exactly, exactly. That pretty much wraps it up here for this episode of Finsider Radio. Be sure to hit that subscribe button, like I mentioned at the top. Shoot us follows. Be sure to send us your questions and everything like that. As the season gets closer to going, um, Josh kind of mentioned it in the fact that we don't know how much reporters are going to be able to tweet. One of the things I miss the most about training camp is, you know, the argument of um, the people in the crowd saying so-and-so played better, the beat writers saying someone else played better, and then the whole debate, do you want the offense to play well and the defense kind of stinks or the defense plays well and the offense kind of stinks? We can kind of get into that and do our next show. But as we get close to the season, we're looking at jumping up to two shows a week, and we're going to try to shoot for a live show streaming on Twitch. Um, maybe Sunday nights we'll do a reaction type of thing. More on that to come. But thank you, everyone, so much for listening. Thank you for so much for being involved because you guys are the reason we do this. Uh, it's great to be here talking football. It's great to hear rookies are reporting this week, Josh. Fantasy football, it's all starting to rev up. We're getting so much closer. Yeah, and, uh, you know, keep doing what you guys are doing, social distancing, wearing the mask. Rookies are reporting, like you said, fantasy football. That's a whole new world that I got to dive into because, you know, I was kind of a little bit skeptical heading into it knowing – the uncertainty surrounding the season, but all systems seem to go. So it's fantasy football season. It's time to get into the Miami Dolphins and, you know, fins up, baby. Fins up, buddy. Have a great day. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, 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 Miami Dolphins,
Yes, we're the Miami. 